Just a hint, but it is Friday. The hero's adventure. The adventure that the hero is ready for is the one that he gets. Joseph Campbell, 1904-1987 Our hero works as a buyer in the Rumford Tower, downtown New York City in 1927. He has arrived from Ohio, heading from the country to the big city like many an ambitious ladder climber in the wild and prosperous 1920s. Some found success. Charlie Russo not only positioned himself as one of the top men in E.B. Rumford's company, but he's engaged to the owner's daughter, and the Rumfords have unimaginable wealth. With homes in Connecticut and Newport, Rhode Island, the Rumfords' daughter, Francine, is accustomed to being pampered. Despite his achievement, Charlie does not feel fulfilled. Francine is driving him crazy and he's not prepared to step to an even higher position for his future father-in-law. It's 1927, and Charlie Russo is a fanatic when it comes to the New York Yankees who, in 1927, have constructed perhaps the greatest team ever to take a baseball field. Charlie constantly follows the Yankees to the consternation of Francine. Charlie, like the Yankees, has a sense of destiny. Babe Ruth chasing the single-season home run record is the epitome of having it all. Under the grandstand, Charlie is taken by a tall, lean, freckle-faced young woman with a carry-on bag as he strikes up a conversation with this woman with the short auburn hair. He realizes she is mysterious, smart, and for Charlie Russo, somehow, she appears to be part of his personal destiny. Her name is Jamal and she has an intuitive knowledge of history, even the history that has not yet come to be. Still cognizant of his commitment to Francine, Charlie does not follow her into the turnstiles, a decision he will regret as he returns to his friends in the box seats. He watches Ruth and Garrick on the field, but his mind is back with that stunning woman he lets slip his grasp. Enter Charles Lindbergh. Charlie is fascinated with Lindbergh's solo attempt to fly the Atlantic. It is that inner destiny beyond the superficial that fires up Charlie to drive his packet, a gift from Francine, to Roosevelt Field on Long Island early in the morning of May 20th, 1927. Destiny has a way of capturing what Joseph Campbell called serendipity. In the crowd, past hundreds of cars in the field, Charlie spots the woman, bag strapped over her shoulder, from under the grandstand of Yankee Stadium. Jamal is as delighted to see Charlie as he is enamored by her presence. She speaks emotionally as if she already knows about Lindbergh and the flight to Paris. Charlie learns the truth. Charlie hugs Jamal and jumps up and down as Lindbergh barely clears the telephone wires. He later drives Jamel back to Columbus Circle in New York City, and he follows her to her flat. He soon discovers that she is not from this time period, and is on a mission to prevent the destruction of humanity by the Avigis of the future. In the bag is Elf, a sophisticated computer. Jamel must gather rare elements to build a transmitter to one of an extraterrestrial race of the past. The adventure begins. The road of any adventure is filled with obstacles and pitfalls. The Bureau of Investigation, forerunner of the FBI, with likable agents Pearson and Ellery, led by Agent Giff, Giff, 
soon a surveilling Jamel and Charlie because of a tip from one of Francine's suitors. Charlie and Jamel attend a huge parade in New York City that acknowledges Lindbergh's achievement. Charlie did not think that he and Jamel would be captured in black and white by film crews covering the parade. The fall from grace from the Rumfords and the threat to humanity. Not only is Francine rumored to have begun an affair with the man from Chicago, but Charlie's relationship with Jamal is outed in a dramatic way. All his hard work, his rise to success, explodes like fireworks in the night. As Jamal continues with her transmitter work, Charlie arranges with his friend Herbie to house the transmitter atop the Rumford building. Elf has found through her reading that her comrades have come back through time and are locked in an electromagnetic continuum near Niagara Falls. At the same time, they must travel to Boston to get neon from the university source for her transmitter. Boston and beyond. Traveling on one of the first commercial flights between New York and Boston, and followed by Giff and his boys, Charlie and Jamel make arrangements to purchase neon canisters. In Boston, outside the theater district near Scully Square, Jamel reveals with Elf a three-dimensional scenario of her time period 10,000 years in the future. Just before linking up with the Neon and GIF at Fenway Park in the Red Sox-Yankees game, where Ruth hits two home runs, Jamel learns that the belligerent killing race called the Avigis have exited the continuum and are after Jamel to stop her mission. They find a pilot named Langley who begins an aerial trek between cities toward Niagara Falls to find her friends from the future. Niagara Falls and the Continuum. The action and adventure gets ratcheted up when Charlie and Jamel land in the city of Niagara Falls. The Avicis are aware that Charlie and Jamel are in the Niagara Falls area. What they find at the generating plant prompts a pursuit that leads back to New York City. Steeped within the events and culture of the time, the confrontation has a determining factor. Without successfully destroying the Avigis, the distant future will produce a timeline where humanity is wiped out. The book's climax will come atop the Rumford Tower, but the culmination of the hero's journey ends in triumph across town. And remember, this is Babe Ruth's Hero Journey 2. In the locker room after the game, Ruth proclaimed, 60, count them, 60. Let's see some other son of a bitch topped out. Charlie and Ruth have gone full circle from the beginning of the journey. The essence of the journey is overcoming the obstacles. Both Charlie and Ruth were ready to do just that. It's Friday. Have a great weekend. RPF.